Meteorological Summer has arrived. arrived. And it's time for the Weather Jazz Podcast Science Camp. Grab your swim gear and let's dive in. No textbooks needed. everybody and welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything. Weather, science, earth science, and astronomy. We're going to really delve into astronomy today. And periodically, too, we cover some interesting off-topic episodes that most of the time we do on Open Line Friday. I'm your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz Podcast, Andre Bernier. I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. And this is episode number 224 for Wednesday, August 11, 2021. Well, coming up tonight in the post-midnight period, we will be essentially right in the throes of something that happens every year right about this time, and that is the Perseid meteor shower peak. But meteorologically, we certainly have some challenges, as we can often see in the summertime months. We can get into haze. We can get into low clouds and thunderstorms and all kinds of obstructions to the nighttime sky. So, Uh, What I'm going to do is essentially uh, give you uh, some of the areas that will be actually in pretty decent shape tonight. I will cover the entire country for those of you who are listening outside of Ohio. And we certainly have quite a number of you that uh, tune in from all across the big, beautiful U.S. of A., And for those of you who are listening outside the country, you might want to check your local weather forecasts for the visibility of the Perseid meteor shower tonight, which will peak local time, your local time, from roughly 11 p.m. or midnight until about 2, 3, 4 in the morning. That will be the peak. Okay, let's cover the USA. Who will be the winners uh, in terms of sky condition? Well, normally we look to the western U.S. because that's where the least amount of moisture there is in the atmosphere to cause that hazy sky or that uh, the extra junk that's in the atmosphere from the water vapor, which can reduce visibility of the sky and, and make it less clear. So those of you in the western U.S. really stand the best chance of seeing the Perseids tonight. And so if you live north of Denver, Denver to Casper to Cheyenne, Wyoming, all the way up to Great Falls, Montana, and that includes virtually the entire state of Idaho, almost all of Washington, Oregon State, and anywhere in Nevada, and most of Utah, you're in pretty decent shape. Once you start working into the desert southwest, you start working into the monsoon season thunderstorm debris clouds that might get in the way. And that includes almost all of Arizona, New Mexico, southern Colorado and extreme southern Utah, and perhaps some cloud cover in central California as well. Now, that is the best 
What about the worst? Well, the worst will be in the Northeast. Uh, We have uh, a number of thunderstorm clusters moving through, throwing debris clouds into the atmosphere from Chicago. Yes, unfortunately, that includes Cleveland, but let's hope for at least uh, some breaks in the cloud cover for those of you that want to catch some of the Perseids. Uh, And you might have an okay time of it from roughly Cincinnati all the way up to Albany, New York. But you're going to be fighting the haze, the humidity. The dew points are very, very high in some cases in the 70s. And for a little while yesterday, parts of Illinois were hovering right around the 80-degree dew point mark. I thought I saw an 81 at Champaign-Urbana or one of the stations near Champaign. That is really exceedingly high, and that's going to throw some uh, water molecules and haze into the sky and reduce the visibility. So what it tends to do is reduce some of the brightness of uh, the fainter stars. Now, you will probably get to see some of the brighter stars up there in the sky, a magnitude one, two, but the minute you start moving into magnitude three, four, five, some of those actually disappear in the haze. What I'm going to do is post the map of the projected cloud cover, total cloud cover, on weatherjazz.com, episode number 224, so you can check it out for yourself and see what kind of visibility you might have. Now, remember, this is just cloud cover. It doesn't include the haze. That haze will be somewhat of a factor if you have a dew point above 70. So keep that in mind. That is going to be your best visibility coming up for tonight. All right, let's talk about the Perseid source because every meteor shower that we have, which we can rely on, and the Perseids, by the way, is number three in the number of uh, reliability factor is very very reliable every year that's why we talk about it every year it's uh it's a reliable one or two per minute in terms of meteors but every meteor shower will have a different source some are known some are not known but the perseids does have a known source and the source is comet swift tuttle and it is formerly Uh, designated as 109P slash Swift Tuttle. And that is because it was independently discovered by two people at the same time. Lewis Swift on July 16, 1862, and by Horace Parnell Tuttle on July 19, 1862. The comet has an orbital periodicity, uh, similar to that of Halley's Comet. In terms of Comet Swift-Tuttle, its orbital period around the sun is 133 years. And the comet nucleus, the center, the size of it is about 26 kilometers in diameter. That's pretty decent size. And the comet actually made a return appearance in 1992 But unfortunately, when it came around in 1992, it was in a position such that uh, you really needed a pair of binoculars in order to see it. 
It was actually rediscovered by a Japanese astronomer uh, when it became visible with binoculars back in 1992. So when will it return? Well, at 133 years, it will be back in 2126, and it will be in that year because of the orbit and because of where the Earth will be and the sun will be. Everything counts with position. It will be a bright naked eye comet reaching an apparent magnitude, approximate in forecast, of uh, 0.7, which is just about as bright as any star that we have uh, out there in the sky. Just think of the brightest star uh, that we have, and that's uh, Canis Major in the winter sky. And you will essentially get a feel for what the comet will look like in 2126. Well, what is the best position for watching the Perseids? Let's cover that, just in case you are unaware. We cover this every year, but uh, frequently those details kind of get lost in the mix because there are so many meteor showers that have a different way of viewing it the best way. But for the Perseids, what you want to do is... Uh, point your toes to the northeast. Uh, just know where your compass directions are. Point your toes to the northeast, keeping your po- your toes pointed to the northeast, then lay down. Make sure you have a nice pillow behind your neck and start watching. And you will very, very likely start seeing some. By the way, that's where the constellation Perseus will be. That's where the Perseids come from. The meteors appear to emanate from the uh, constellation Perseus. So if you point your toes northeast and then lay back either in a, a chaise lounge perhaps and recline it all the way back or just lay on the ground. Again, it's helpful to have a pillow there so that you're not... Uh, causing any kind of uh, neck stress, but uh, you will at least see some where skies are clear, uh, one or two per minute. Some of them can be quite bright and some of them can be quite impressive as well. So that's what we do here on Earth. What do you do if you are an astronaut? What do you do if you are an astronaut on the International Space Station. How do you watch the Perseids? Well, you might think, well, look up in the same direction. Well, there's a problem because the cardinal directions will change with the orbit of the International Space Station. But there's a problem with that anyway because the Perseids burn up in the atmosphere. Guess what? The International Space Station is well above the atmosphere. If it weren't, the space station would be burning up in that atmosphere because it's traveling so fast around the Earth. So what do you do if you're an astronaut? Well, you look down. And I showed an image on Fox 8 News earlier this week and indicating that if you're an astronomer, you look down. Uh, because one of the astronomers on the space station actually captured one of the Perseids making entry into the Earth's atmosphere, which is below you, not above you. 
So you have to look down and or across where the atmosphere is so that you can see these meteors lighting up. So go check it out. That too is on the website, weatherjazz.com, in the show notes for episode number 224. One more impressive photo I'm going to share with you. Thanks to the folks at spaceweather.com. Always a great source for all kinds of things in astronomy and some of the branch sciences that study the sun and study meteors and things of that nature. There was a great photo that was snapped by someone in Texas. And he not only captured one of the Perseid meteor showers coming in, but at the same time captured one of the actually several sprites. Those are the electrical discharges that are seen kind of fingering up from thunderstorms well into uh, our ionosphere and the highest reaches of our atmosphere, the rarefied atmosphere. Very cool. And you'll see a lot of them during severe weather season in the Midwest, if you are away from the thunderstorm so that you can see uh, space and you can see the sky uninhibited. But uh, this is a great photo, a great example of that. You'll see the Perseid off on the left and you'll see the sprites going straight up from a thunderstorm complex uh, that was uh, rather distant. I believe it was somewhere in Kansas or Nebraska at the time. Uh, cool stuff. Again, all on Weather Jazz on episode number 224. The show notes there. Go check it out when you have a chance. Well, good luck tonight in hopefully seeing a few of the Perseids. You're going to have to dodge some haze here in Ohio and perhaps some thunderstorms. Let's hope it's not a serious issue, but it may. But those of you that are listening to Weather Jazz from another part of the country where you don't have the haze and the high humidity issues and you have clear skies tonight, if you happen to be a photographer, especially an astrophotographer, and are able to capture some of the Perseids on your camera, please drop me a line and send me a JPEG. And you can do that at weatherjazz at yahoo.com. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Again, good luck tonight for those of you who are hoping to catch a glimpse of the Perseid. Help me to spread the word about Weather Jazz, especially word of mouth. Do you know somebody who's into the Perseids? Let them know about this podcast episode, number 224. And it's real easy to get to, especially from a browser. Just go to weatherjazz.com and you can play every episode from every episode's show notes. And you can also subscribe to Weather Jazz via any podcast app. And one more time, my email address, just in case you want to send me either a topic suggestion or a question or a Perseid photo, attach it as a JPEG, you can send those to me at weatherjazz at yahoo.com. And also, you can call me, Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect Line. That's my favorite way because I get to hear your voice and potentially use your question on this broadcast. 234-525-5888. 
And if you need that information, just go to weatherjazz.com, click on the contacts uh, tab at the very, very top of the website, and you'll get all of that information. Well, I'm going to be making some adjustments, I think, to Open Line Friday. Eventually, we'll get to the Bob Gilmore story, but I may have another topic for you, and it may have to do with, uh, well, perhaps uh, kind of an offshoot of astronomy. Let's just leave it at that and see where it goes. Uh, But uh, if this works out, it'll be an interesting topic no matter which way we go. And that is coming up on Open Line Friday right here on Weather Jazz. We'll see you then. Weather and science across the globe. Across the globe. The Weather Jazz Podcast.